You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. All right, welcome to the April 2023 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team. So that means we spend our days helping students choose the best coding boot camps for them. But every month at the end of the month, Jess and I round up all of the most interesting boot camp industry news that we read about and chatted about and shared in our internal work Slack <laughs> in the Course Report office. And we share it all with you. Yeah, so in April, we celebrated Earth Day on April 22nd, um, and we celebrated that with a brand new roundup of green tech jobs you can land after graduating from a coding boot camp. Plus, we collated a list of 22 very cool green tech companies that you'll definitely want to check out if you're on a mission to help save the planet with your tech know-how. So Liz, what else are we going to cover in this episode? Well, we'll start with news about an $8 million fundraise this April and a major lawsuit against the Department of Education that impacts boot camps in a way. And then, of course, ChatGPT was the buzzword of mm -hmm. April. So we've got news about how AI is already affecting the coding boot camp space. There's a recent report about the number of women of color in the current tech workforce and more state and federally funded programs helping people make a career change into tech. Plus, we'll let you know about the seven new coding boot camps that we added to the course report directory this April. All right. Well, let's dive in. So let's start with funding and expansion. Uh, Jess, which boot camp closed around this April? Business Insider reported that Careerist closed an 8 million Series A funding round this month. Um, Careers Pitch Deck stated that it had seen a 250% year-over-year growth rate, despite this recent economic downturn and the hiring freezes. Plus, Careerist made about $2 million in monthly revenue. Very good for them. Fantastic. Congrats to Careerist. And then Simply Learn announced its plans for expansion this year. Despite the kind of macroeconomic uncertainty right now, Simply Learn, which of course skills and trains people online, grew 50% through internal growth and 50% by acquiring US-based education company Full Stack Academy. If you've been following Course Support for, for a while, you know Full Stack Academy. Um, Simply Learn is backed by private equity firm Blackstone Group, and their co-founder and CEO, Kashyap Dalal, explained their goals for the next year, saying, quote, we aim to achieve 40% to 50% growth for the next financial year as well. So April 2023 to March 2024, and turn profitable. They say they expect to see the job market turn around by the end of this year. And so I think that is an optimistic view. Mm -hmm. <music> 
Well, it seems like, Jess, we always talk about OPMs, mm-hmm. Pell Grants, kind of the regulatory state of boot camps in these episodes. And the online program managers and the Department of Ed debacle kind of continued into this month. Mm-hmm. So let's start with this major lawsuit brought by 2U. Jess, tell us about it. Yeah. So Higher Ed Dive reports that the OPM, 2U, um, filed a lawsuit against the Department of Education this month saying the department radically redefines the definition of what it means to be a third-party servicer. So up until this February, third-party servicers were companies that were administering a college's Title IV um, federal financial aid programs. So this meant that they had to meet more regulatory requirements. If OPMs are seen as third-party servicers, like the Department of Ed is now saying, they will be seen as a company that administers federal financial aid, which OPMs like 2U definitely disagree with. Yeah. And it's not just OPMs or online program managers that have a serious problem with this new guidance. Um, A lot of Companies in the education space believe that this is an overreach by the Department of Education. But this 2U lawsuit is probably the most relevant in the bootcamp space. So we thought we'd talk about it. And the Department of Ed hasn't commented on the lawsuit, but they did release a blog post that promises to revise the third party service provider expansion. Um, Fill on EdTech, which now has a premium subscription that's probably worth it if you have an interest in the ed tech industry. He expands on this a little bit more. So we'll add a link to that one in our own blog post. Higher Ed Dive also gave us a quick update on where the U.S. is standing on Pell Grants for short-term programs. The short answer of that is Pell Grants for short-term programs continues to be stuck in its quagmire because no one can agree on the details for it. Um, One of the sticking points is whether the short-term Pell Grants should cover for-profit programs. So in the current iteration of the short-term Pell Grants as a piece of the JOBS Act, for-profit institutions would be excluded. So maybe we'll see some movement on this bill in the coming month. We continue to see more skills-based hiring initiatives this month. New Jersey joined many other U.S. states in loosening its degree requirements for state jobs in favor of a skills-based hiring approach. And we're also continuing to see coding programs aimed at helping people access tech skills training. So Liz, let's start it off by talking about that coding program that we both saw in West Virginia. Yes. So three years since the pandemic began, we're still seeing these free coding programs funded by individual states, which is great news. In West Virginia, Generation WV announced it that it's now accepting applications for its upcoming fully funded cohort, which means free to students. Um, WBOY reports that the newest cohort will have access to a needs-based living stipend of $11 per hour throughout the six-month program in order to make the full-time schedule more doable. Uh, And we will include a link to apply to that in our news roundup for April. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that they've added that stipend piece. Um, Up in Canada, Lighthouse Labs has partnered with Saskatchewan Polytechnic to offer free technical training in web development and data science. This new program is partially funded by the Canadian government. And CIO Economic Times reported on the state of Argentina's tech training initiatives, such as the federal program Argentina Programa 4.0, which began in November 2022, and other smaller programs like Puerta 18. 
The Argentina Programa 4.0 program was created to offer free training in coding, testing, and digital skills, plus job placement at software companies. And it's had 210,000 students so far. The folks who operate Puerta 18, though, understand that there are many potential students for these programs that don't have access to electricity, let alone computers. And so programs like Puerta 18 offer on-site, in-person technical skills training to make a job in tech an actual real possibility for the 40% of Argentinians that are living below the poverty line. Yeah. Wow. Um, Hopefully those programs... Yeah, we'll continue doing that good work this year. For sure. Uh, Last fall, Liz and I were so excited to see a Niantic-funded bootcamp cohort that was going through Tech Elevator. Um, Niantic is associated with Pokemon Go. This month, KTLA interviewed Christina Wu, who is a classically trained musician that was working at a school when she saw the announcement about this special Niantic bootcamp cohort. Wu got into this program, finished the Tech Elevator bootcamp, and is now in the midst of her six-month Niantic internship. So congrats to Christina. When KTLA asked if Christina felt like this Tech Elevator bootcamp partnership was worthwhile, she says, quote, I think it would be great for other companies to offer it just because it attracts a very diverse group of people. And I think to solve a lot of problems that your company may face, it's great to have different people that can think in different ways. I love that. I feel like that's such a good <laughs> reason to very, do more of these. Very well said, Christina. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And Tech Elevator is actually celebrating a major milestone this month. 3,000 students placed in jobs nationwide. Nice. So big congrats to the Tech Elevator team and all of the successful boot campers, including Christina. Yeah, nice job. April saw a rush of news about ChatGPT and how AI could change the tech job landscape in the near future. So Liz, what is EdTech's response to AI right now? In a few words, EdTech is crazy for AI. Uh, That is what Josh Burson wrote after attending the ASU GSB conference this year. He's referring more to the corporate side of EdTech, onboarding, sales training, leadership and development, and compliance. Uh, But Obviously, you know, we can expect to see AI-powered content that aligns with skills requirements and more micro-trainings. And in the bootcamp world, uh, I don't think it takes a crystal ball to predict that you will start to see mm-hmm. AI and generative AI tools getting incorporated into those curriculums across all disciplines. Definitely. It was only in our last month's podcast that Code Fellows had just announced they would be doing some kind yeah. of AI um, integration coursework. So. We'll see that um, across all all schools. Yes, we'll that's going to be the major news this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> CNBC interviewed venture capitalist Jim Breyer for his thoughts on AI and the workforce. And Jim pointed out that AI may have the biggest effect on medicine. Anyone working within medicine, whether as an actual software developer or as a doctor or more of like a lab associated role, like a chemist, should expect to have AI integrated into their processes. Um, here at Course Report, we actually just did a roundup of four healthcare tech or med tech roles that you could land after graduating from a boot camp. So it's cool to think that boot camp grads could be like on the forefront of helping medical professionals integrate AI into their workflow. 
And the Washington Post tracked how many Bay Area tech companies have been making their exodus to Miami. Apparently, Miami-based tech companies raised $5.39 billion in 2022, which shows growth of 278% between 2020 and 2022. We also included Miami. I know, right? That's not bad. Uh, We also included Miami in our recent roundup of the 16 best tech job cities in the U.S. So check that out learn more about the typical tech salaries you can expect if you do move to Miami. Yeah. Refresh Miami actually did a look back on how Miami-based bootcamp Ironhack has affected the area since it launched its program a decade ago. First, CEO and founder Ariel Quinones affirms those Washington Post findings, saying he's seen firsthand more growth in Miami in the past three years than in the past six years. So while Miami is still Ironhack's home base, the school in the past 10 years has expanded and is now active in 10 cities across Europe and the Americas. Um, And Ariel's expansion goals now include boosting its accelerator program for corporate training through a new partnership that it's made with the company Popular. You may be asking yourself, how are women faring in the midst of tech layoffs? And the answer is, it's not great. Could you Mm -hmm. imagine? Uh, So let's dive into some of the stats that we read about this April and how tech training programs are pushing against those trends. Yeah. So first, let's start with this report. HR Dive spoke about a recent report from tech training nonprofit Empower and its research partner Lightcast that examined how today's tech hiring is affecting women of color technologists. It was found that even with all the tech layoffs we've seen at big companies this year, there is still a tech talent shortage in the U.S. And while more women of color are getting into tech, they are still greatly underrepresented in the hiring for tech and tech adjacent fields. So it's just not matching up yet in the hiring space. And the Seattle Times expands on that, pointing to data from the National Center for Women and Information Technology, saying that while women account for 57% of the U.S. workforce, only 26% of computing occupations are held by women. In a separate survey conducted by the consultancy McKinsey, uh, 32% of women in tech reported that they were often the only member of their gender in the room. And for every 100 men promoted from entry level to manager in 2022, only 87 women were promoted and only 82 women of color were promoted. So to combat that trend, the Seattle Times focuses on Ada Developers Academy, which prioritizes women and gender expansive applicants who likely can't afford the cost of traditional schooling, particularly members of the Black, Indigenous, Latinx, Native Alaskan, and Pacific Islander communities. And Ada expects to graduate 260 students and enroll 265 students in their year-long program in 2023. One key is that the tuition is free, funded by philanthropy, uh, including from you know funding from Microsoft, Amazon, and Google. If you've been listening to the CourseWork podcast for a while, like we talk about Ada all the time, they've had really interesting news in the past and always have cool partnerships with companies in Seattle. And this is Seattle. So, you know, Ada is essentially in the eye of the storm with regards Mm -hmm. to tech layoffs. But their CEO, Lauren Sato, says that Ada plans to join forces with smaller tech businesses that need employees to provide, you know, exposure and mentorship, not just Amazon, Google, Uber, and Microsoft, but also fintech, govtech, medtech, and greentech companies to diversify those opportunities for students. 
Sink and I interviewed two women in the UK who made career changes from teacher and healthcare assistant into software development through the free online program Code First Girls. Um, like the US, women are underrepresented in the UK tech force right now. ONS labor force survey data from last year showed that women make up just 18% of the UK's tech roles, such as programmers, software development professionals, web design professionals, and data analysis. So Code First Girls in the UK is, is trying to change that percentage. And finally, according to AZ Family, the inmate population in Arizona is eighth in the U.S., reflecting a 500% increase over the last 40 years. And a new program called Persevere is a one-year technology training boot camp that also teaches interview and networking skills. The program's director, Callie Unra, says that the recidivism rate for Persevere graduates is only 1.5%, which you can compare that to 60% for all Arizona inmates. And Persevere is in four Arizona prisons right now and hoping to expand to the fifth soon. I think, you know, we've seen a lot of success with these coding boot camps Mm -hmm. in California state prisons. Um, Let's keep an eye on Persevere. Well, Jess, there was news about one new university bootcamp this April. Upright Education is expanding its university bootcamp partnerships to Michigan now. Mm -hmm. They announced a partnership with Monroe County Community College this month. And then, of course, we added seven new coding bootcamps to the course report directory this April. Want to tell us about them? Yeah, so that's right, Liz. All of these new boot camps in the course report directory are online boot camps. So we added Hack My Head, Skills 21, W3 Schools, Master School, European Tech School, Scrimba, and the edX-powered Tulsa Community College boot camps. Well, welcome to those seven new schools. And if you graduated from any of those, uh, you can now leave a review on course report. Help some other students find it. Well, Jess, why don't we wrap up this podcast episode as we do with all of ours? I want to hear about your favorite blog post to work on this month in April. Yeah. So thanks to the expert knowledge of Aaron Gallant, who is a curriculum lead at Practicum, we created a really good breakdown of data analytics versus business intelligence versus data science. So obviously all of these tech careers are focused on data, but Aaron makes it easier to understand the differences between these career paths. What's also cool is that Practicum actually teaches data analytics, business intelligence, and data science as separate programs. So if you've been interested in any of these data fields, be sure to check out that guide and also just check out Practicum for that. And Liz, what was your favorite piece that we published on the Course Report blog this month? Well, one of our writers, Nat Davis, has been doing some really cool pieces on Course Report recently. As you mentioned before, that piece about green tech jobs, Mm -hmm. um, the other one about healthcare technology and what you'd need to know to get a job in healthcare tech. So definitely check any of those out. But also, I just started to plan out our next live Q&A, which will be a cybersecurity panel on June 7th. That blog post will be live soon, and you'll be able to RSVP in May. So far, we have an instructor, an alum, a CEO, 
all working in cybersecurity, and they're all going to talk about the jobs you should go after in cybersecurity in 2023, maybe how AI will incorporate into that yeah. career path, <laughs> and which certifications will be most important this year. Mm-hmm. So really looking forward to that one. We'll start sharing more information about it soon. Yeah, I it's going to be it. a super insightful um, yes. panel. Very um, excited. Yeah. So that does it for the April episode of this podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about online and in-person bootcamp opportunities. And we're going to see you next month on the May 2023 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And of course, you know, we love feedback. So please email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this episode and subscribing to the Coursereport podcast and leaving us a review. And we will see you next month. See you in May.